Welcome back to this mini-series on collaborative innovation and cooperation with PwC Germany. In the last episode, we explored how corporates can unlock their full innovation potential by selecting the right innovation approaches, establishing the necessary frameworks, and avoiding common overlooked pitfalls. But how do you benefit from collaborative innovation as a startup? And what are the right opportunities and partners, and how do you gain access to those? In this episode, we explore and dive deeper into the do's and don'ts so that you as a startup know exactly how to enhance your chances of survival through collaborative innovation. With me on the show today is Janis Gruber, co-lead of the PwC Scale program, who has worked with over 100 startups every year to help them collaborate more efficiently with corporates. Janis, as a product of Metric Studio, we've worked with numerous startups and we've seen that most of them seek to collaborate with corporates for one or another reason, being it access to new markets, being it funding. What are you seeing, well, what do you see as the biggest hurdles for startups to successfully collaborate with corporates? Mm -hmm. Well, I think to start with, it's in general defining the right way and then prioritizing it because there's so many opportunities and you have so many challenges. And from the hurdles perspective, you need to tick some boxes beforehand. Yeah, you need to know where do I want to go, what might be my my final product I'm 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 looking at, and what are then like the milestones in between. I think quite often the milestone concept, especially if you have a have a product or something that you can really uh, yeah define how it evolves, uh, it's very important. And if you have this clear view, then it's easier to to see where it goes and. From a hurdle perspective, it's quite often then, yeah, the the challenge and problem to to really define it and then to say, okay, which is now the next one I will focus on and and how I will yeah put it on the timeline. Right. So I think one crucial challenge here is to really have this let's say product roadmap ready, and also at the same time, right, you you have your own vision and then you approach corporate, exactly, in whichever type of uh, collaborative innovation approach. Yeah. And then the corporate tells you, well, you want to go here, but we want to go there. Like, how do we bring this together? And how do you then go ahead and <laughs> yeah, prioritize yeah, that? The problem is when a corporate says, this is my way. This way is completely thought from a corporate perspective. It's thought within like the walls they have inside the corporate. And you are really trying to, or startups often starting on like a white paper and without these walls and then you have to decide, okay, which wall is like like a like a really wall in the market. It's established throughout the corporates. So like next corporate, which you will maybe work together with, would have same the same wall you cannot cross. It's like like something you have to be aware of and you have to take care of that it, it that there is no conflict right. around. And then there are the other walls that are more coming with the culture inside the the corporate or maybe even with the people themselves who are talking to you because they have their own goals like be still in their job after it. It is like the challenge. You have to identify it. You have to understand as well what is like, what would like be an achievement for the other person in the room. And then you can, you can really yeah, get it together to a market need perspective and find a good way for the collaboration. Mm. So really, again, practicing, so to speak, what everyone preaches, put yourself in the shoes of your customers, yes. try to understand, really have a thorough understanding of the needs and challenges on a day-to-day -day basis, and not only use them to develop your own product, 
really also use them to let's say communicate the product or the service whatever you're building in the yeah. in an appropriate manner providing the arguments as you said in the first episode to give them the to provide them with the right arguments so that they can sell it internally so exactly and it's like like bridging the gap from both sides and the question is or other saying it another way around it's not always the middle <laughs> you should meet so that's that's a challenge yeah Yeah, because I think at, especially from what we've seen working with core, uh, with startups, a lot of them are like, okay, I'm the the less strong party here. Yeah, I don't really have lots of negotiation power, especially if I'm strapped for cash or for mm. resources. But still standing the ground and saying, hey, this is what we believe in, versus completely pivoting and saying, yeah, give me all the resources, but we do everything you need. I think that's a fine line to walk. It, it definitely is, and and sometimes we see the situations that a startup is saying. Oh, you're the big corporate. How could you deal with me in that way? It's quite often true, but I think you shouldn't position yourself so explicitly in this weak situation. So you should try to be on eye level to really get the conversation. And in the end, it's as well a little bit of yeah, of of uh, say, okay, we are there, and and do it with the right thing. So sometimes we have to to bluff a little bit. Mm. And I think also, let's say, standing your ground and being... Because essentially, if you put yourself in the shoes of a startup, right, you are the expert in a particular market and you're probably way more advanced when it comes to understanding a particular technology that is disrupting that market. So using that to your advantage, saying, hey, this is precisely why the corporate is interested in us. So rather than, let's say, just giving into whatever the corporate says, saying, hey, I can, I can provide you with the information in order to convince you of my point of view so to speak. Yeah. And really yeah. being aware of that strength. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and and in general, understanding the other perspective, understanding the other aims and goals, very, very important. Now, in the first episode, we talked about a lot about collaborative innovation mm -hmm. and that this is a way which startups can leverage to yeah, gain access to the corporates in different ways. First of all, to, to do the market research, so to speak, and especially when we talk about innovation challenges getting an understanding and a touch of feel for what's currently happening in the market over closer associations with the corporates, i.e. really selling the product internally or even getting an investment from the corporate. Now, when do I find out or how do I find out when for me as a startup, it's the right timing to reach out to a corporate and to seek actively that collaboration? Mm -hmm. I think it's never too early to start in general reaching out building up a network mm. this is quite clear this should be done beforehand yeah because i think as as with meeting people in a private space it's like if you have seen a person a year ago and then you're seeing the person again wow this person exists for more than a year <laughs> right. like you get a little bit of building up trust and then the question is am i ready as a startup for it and there's a little bit of the of the challenge that in business to business solutions business models you you don't have really a lot of early adopters within the corporate world there are nearly no early adopters some are, are open for some some piloting yeah some are a little bit more active but it's not the same as for example as of the b2c model right. you cannot go out uh, into the market like like tesla did for example with then having some some yeah consumers complaining but the other thing no but in general i like this innovative idea mm. this is not what a corporate would say a corporate would say no 
there are some rules that should be at a specific level. And you need to understand what are these, these uh, yeah, what is this minimum status I have to provide, what's like the standard they really need to, to bring it inside. And then you can really uh, reach out. You can as well reach out to find it out. But before you will ask the specific request to go like in a bigger collaboration and relationship with them, you should be ready to provide what they need. So really getting a good understanding of what an MVP, so to speak, has to look like for a corporate. So that yeah. it's something that they say, okay, this actually brings value. Yeah. yeah. And I do see your point of saying corporates tend to have, let's say, higher standards when it comes yeah. to such solutions, yeah. especially B2B. B2B. We mostly focus on B2C. There's obviously easier, right? You just dump a solution that's yeah. somewhat solving the needs, but that's, yeah, not really more than that. Yeah, and from a practical point of view, I always would recommend for a founder to try to lead the conversation, especially if you have like the first ones, yeah? So you will introduce what you're doing in general because you will do an introduction round if you want like to get to know each other. But then the next topic should be what is on the corporate side? What are the challenges? What are they facing? It shouldn't be what are you offering? Right. You cannot say what you are offering for them if you don't know what they need. So you should put in the right right chronological way to really uh, yeah, be, be able to, to put an offer in place or even as well say, hey, okay, wow, very helpful. We are not ready yet, but we are on it. Right. But this also probably differs depending on the collaborative innovation stage, right? If you if you look at innovation challenges, yeah. you obviously are in a earlier stage yeah, for sure. rather than, let's say, seeking for an active investment as part of an accelerator program where you've already created something yeah. that you then want to really ramp up. Completely true. So it depends on this and and as well, you will see how far a corporate would go without having any commitment in place. And this is as well a good indicator to, to know if they are taking it serious. Mm. And let's say to, to stay, to take a stark stance, there might also be situations where you say, hey, actually, I realize right now that this point in time, the, the corporate is not ready yet. Mm. So I could rather, let's say, go seek for VC money first or go for external investors rather yeah. than actually already in that particular point in time seeking a collaboration. So I think there you also have to have a clear stance on is it actually right now the the next best step or do I first have to invest more into the product development or am I already beyond that? And yeah, I can let's say kick it off differently. Yeah, the, the point is, is this specific corporate in the market not ready yet? And will it become ready in the near future? Or is the whole market not ready yet? Of course, and this can as well lead in something where you yeah, maybe won't exist anymore. Uh, so it's a timing question in general and the timing question in regard to a specific corporate. And right. the second one, the first one should be answered at the beginning. Yeah? And the second one regarding a specific corporate then should be answered after some conversations. Mm. And I think, what, let's say, once I understood, okay, right now is the right timing for me to to approach a corporate, mm. and I've, let's say, done my homework, I've mm. gone out there, I've understood the perspective of the corporate. I think what, from what we've seen, is that a lot of founders are somewhat afraid mm. of approaching the corporate and saying, hey, like, mm -hmm. I'm the little guy, so to speak, they, they yeah. kind of crush me, or they, they kind of dictate the terms. How do you... Is advice startups to handle that situation. So um, on the one point, it's uh, as concrete, as, as more concrete your offer is 
really yeah, getting inside the conversation, we can more be like on the wrong way with this collaboration. So it's really like first finding out, then building the offer. And in the end, if you will then work with them together, you should be as well have a, a specific level of professional behavior in the situations. Yeah? So this comes with some typical to things like like legal support, for example, we quite often see founders getting a strategic investor on board saying, oh, I have a good relationship with them. It's working very well. And, and I don't need legal advice. It can be so sure that the corporate has a lot of legal advice. Mm. And this means you should as well have support on this. You should find the right ways where I do, should invest. And the other one is really inside this this uh, collaboration and uh, as well at the, at, at the approach, you should be professional in the way of really over-communicating with them, being being uh, t transparent with the right things. And and uh, yeah, you are still a startup, you should be still HR and so on, but you should have like a little bit uh, of, of a corporate language to make it more easier for them to, to find it out and to, to work with you. And also like providing the information that they need internally to, to support the game. Yeah. Yeah. Providing the right information and, and especially the, the, that's I think one very, very good thought or, or even, even approach. Sometimes you have on the corporate level, a situation that there is like the innovation manager and then you have like the management above or like CEO whatsoever. This means they really have this two-step approach. They have a person in place that is talking to you and there's another person that is taking the decision. As soon as you are growing as a startup, you can as well get this approach to your own needs and uh, bring in like a product owner or a customer success team member who is really having the conversations with the corporate, but as well could be like a you can call it like a, like a human bumper for you mm. who can yeah a little bit little bit uh, buffer the situations and then you can as well step in on another level and negotiating on like a meta communication about the situation. So this can as well in the process be helpful if you have a little bit more more deeper discussions for example absolutely and i think before that even when it comes to getting into into the door mm -hmm. or into the foot i think what always helps us let's say to 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 play big in a way which you mentioned as well to yeah. to really claim hey these are already all the people we work together with like basically making you seem bigger than you are because i think that also mm -hmm. even the, even if it might feel strange in the beginning as a founder but you really like building it up and, and being confident like hey we've already accomplished this we've maybe this signed partnerships with corporate a or corporate z and really also getting that permission from the corporate yeah, so you yeah. can use their name i think that helps a great deal yeah, to that definitely open doors to other corporates because the first one is always the hardest right unless you have a really good product but even then yeah. it helps to have certain references of clients that you work together yeah, with for sure and 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 even thinking from a corporate perspective, yeah, why are corporates working with startups? We we uh, really raised this question worldwide with CEOs, and uh, one of the the top four elements was brand and reputation mm. for the corporate, not for the startup. So it as well can can be like positive for both sides, yeah, in the area of new technologies, access to new customers as well. So really uh, raising this potential for both sides and always be able, especially with like the first collaborations, first clients or even partnerships to speak about this relationship out in the market to truly uh, get the benefits for both sides. It's very important. Yeah, now, now I figure out 
what the right timing is, right? We talked about that. Now, the first step, obviously, once you understood what, what the right timing is, is to then also actually go ahead and open the door to the corporate. Right. And so the question that we often observe in the market is that startups really struggle with this fear of saying, either if I approach the door too early, mm -hmm. then the door is going to be kept shut for forever because they're, they're simply not receptive to, them, to this need yet, or... I'm too late, obviously. But even if it's the right timing, how, how do I actually, let's say, make sure that the corporate is interested in collaborating with me? I think there are different situations, yeah. In the end, you would like to open the door, yeah, that's for sure. But the question is as well, how fast do you want to examine? In an ideal case, when you have a little bit more yeah, planning ahead, you will you will use like like events, for example, to get to know the people who then yeah, can, can help you because they are already at the corporate or they can help you to introduce you to other persons at the corporate. So this is like the approach, building up a network in general and and having having then access to it. And then the question is, when is the timing and you can activate it? Quite often what we see is that startups are first focusing on the product, developing it, maybe even already having the first client, but they completely forgot to focus on building up a network on sales. And it's one of the biggest challenges and one of the, the most raised questions like, how can I now accelerate my sales? How can I really scale it, grow with it? And then it becomes a little bit more complicated because you are having like an urgency on the startup and on the other end you have like a, in this case, B2B, uh, like a corporate with a B2B uh, approach from your side with a product in this area, which is saying, oh no, I have like, sales cycle it goes like months and you want now to work with me and then it's quite hard to get at least a foot in the door because the question is always for the other side do i want to invest time right. in this conversation with the founders and do i want to do so now exactly yeah do i want to do so now and how much time will it cost me in the future mm. if you for example will go with the software solution to cover saying this software solution, it's so great. You will save time. It's its really the best thing you can do now. Implement it now. These are your benefits. This is like the time and cost saving. We would like to sell it to you. And on the other side, this is not what they are understanding. They are understanding, oh, okay, sounds like a good solution, but does it fit into our culture? Am I able to bring it to our procurement process? Am I able to really, yeah, get the software at least inside the company at all? I have to talk to these, 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 all the stakeholders inside. I have to invest time. It will cost me a lot of time. And I heard from them for the first time. Right. So it's, it's really hard then to convince this person to even get for a first call because I think we all know after a first conversation, it's hard to, to avoid the second one. <laughs> yeah? It, yeah. You can be smart and so on, but, but it means sometimes if the request is so specific and if the, like the the pain points on the corporate side for this innovation manager are so big, then they won't even uh, let you in for just a conversation. So this means getting introductions from people that bring you trust, maybe even having good good references already that bring you the trust uh, you need that the person was like, okay, I will invest the time. Or being a little bit more, yeah, more open, saying, okay, we are very good in that field. I would like to have a conversation around it to, to see if there is a potential in general and not saying it is there and I would like to place it. 
to be a little more open with the outcome. It could as well help to frame it more like, okay, it's just half an hour, I can support a founder, looks promising. So then the conversation would be more more easily to access. So it's so kind of like taking a step back and rather than pitching a solution, rather yeah. going into the field and, and approaching them saying, yeah. hey, I want to learn more. How do you guys do it? How, what the challenges are? Because we're currently still in the phase of exploring it and that's, that's an easier access point. Although what what is interesting, what you mentioned before, is I think in general, the fact of pitching then here's the cost saving or here's the additional revenue you make is a much easier case than saying, hey guys, this is something which, where it slash focused on the existing processes is much easier than pitching something. Hey, we have this incredible solutions. It's completely out there. It's not necessarily related to your core business needs. Don't you want to try it out because it opens field X, Y, Z for you? Yeah. I think that's an even harder case to make because then from a corporate perspective, right, you have to maybe allocate or set up an additional fund, which, you know, budgeting rounds have been yeah. two or three months back. Yeah. So you'll be like, yeah, yeah, come back in a, mu- in a year. Yeah, just once a year, yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I think there is also crucial from a startup perspective to really then think about what is, the, how's the pitch that I'm placing, how's what's the immediate benefit, so to speak, that I'm providing to the corporate. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the challenge is if you're then going in the conversation and if you're pushing too hard, the risk is even higher that they are just cutting it right. in the process and then you're out. Because what would a corporate get the perspective? What would they are thinking about a startup, a founder who's pushing very hard? They're like, 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 like two ways, maybe like, Startup is, is not, not ready for what we are doing. The culture is too far away from our. Or the second one, they really need now this contract to survive in the future. And I don't want to put effort in a startup that maybe not survive in no. the end. No. So the message is not positive. And that's why you have to be very careful pushing in the right way. Mm. And not just with, I want to do it now in a very, very um, too too direct way right so to summarize basically building the network early on rather than first perfecting the product yeah rather involve corporates in the development of the product understand going out reaching out understanding their needs and then just frequently let's say being a bit in touch saying hey can we can we talk about this we follow this and that that's interesting how, how does that resonate with yeah. you and so on to somewhat along the process of building the product to forge a stronger relationship with that corporate yeah. so that then when the time window, when the opportunity window arises, can then place it. But also, again, as you said, be, be mindful of the way you, you frame it so that you communicate the benefits, but also understanding the holistic picture of like what, what are, let's say, the hidden agendas in the corporate and the different stakeholders boundaries or or hurdles yeah. that they might internally have and in that sense i mean we talked we talked about in, in the first episode there are let's say the these collaborative approaches innovation approaches being innovation challenges being um uh, accelerator programs and so on and so forth really also going that journey right like starting out with Hey, I have my innovation challenge first, which gives me a first access point. Because yeah. you don't necessarily have to just, you know, call call people being like, hey guys. It starts start building a network, yeah. Exactly. 
but like also leveraging the existing opportunities that the corporates offer to yeah. to get a first touch point. Yeah, it's, it's it's always a good way. That's like the question we had. Yeah, if you miss to start building up a network, then it's very hard, and then you have to find the specific ways. Uh, and and then even then, programs could be a good 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 starting point because, for example, some of the accelerator offerings we have out on the market. Mm -hmm. And, and as well, some, some, some challenges, if they have like, like a clear possible outcome and you have seen the corporate is doing this year by year and there have been some, some successes as outcome for the corporate, some collaborations, then you really should, should invest time in this and use it as a good platform. And that's, that's could be very valuable uh, as well in, in like, yeah, adding on to introductions, for example. Right. And now taking a step mm -hmm. forward. Let's say I'm part of this accelerator program. I have I have built a relationship with a corporate, right? Yeah. Whether it's part of an accelerator program, whether it's just a one-on-one -on -one contact, mm -hmm. so to speak, with an innovation manager or with someone in, in the other departments. What are the crucial factors that startup founders should keep in mind when it comes to nourishing and sustaining that type of relationship over time with a corporate? I think in the end, it's especially at the beginning, not a relationship with the corporate. It's a relationship with the, for example, innovation manager or the person you met. So you need to yeah, sustain this relationship. You need to understand what this person needs, how you can help this person to, to be successful inside the corporate, what would be achievements for them, and to, to really yeah, being in conversations quite regularly, understanding them and, and being yeah, already on a good knowledge level before you approach them with your request. This is like, like very, very um, important and helpful. And, and for example, if you have like accelerator programs, there are a lot of situations, a lot of, 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 of hints, of, of insights you can gain. And even though you, you are getting them, quite often founders are not converting them into their approach. So they're, for example, having a corporate that is maybe being, being on, on like a, like a, pitch format or so on saying, hey, here, we are this corporate, we have these challenges, we would like to go there. And then later on in the conversation, you don't have this information at hand because they're not prepared. And then the corporate would say, okay, uh, I put some time in this and then they don't even, even take it into their, their approach now or their offering or what they are t telling to me. And this as well means to define what they would need and then to invest some time in it. And this is like, like then the, the overview as a founder beforehand decide if you would like to invest the time in general for this more specific approach. But but it is uh, helpful. So what, what is a very cool case? We had, had a startup that was very good in market research. Mm -hmm. They had like a platform for, for, for marketer, uh, market research with customers. And what they did when they would like to have an intro to a corporate, they thought about what might be like the one or two challenges they have or questions for this research. Then they did the research with a smaller number of people on their own cost, shared the inside report and put it into the sales deck and sent it out. They always would have been in the conversation mm. because the guy was saying, wow, this is impact. There, there is something for me right. in it. And this means like, like, yeah, seeing your solution and thinking, okay, what can I give the corporate without selling for nothing? And then uh, it's as well easier. That's a bit of give and take, like you first took. Exactly. And that, and I think that's crucial as, as a startup to, to really like provide value upfront so that they actually perceive you as a collaboration partner that's worth investing further energy and time into. 
Yeah. And I think one other aspect you you mentioned before is having that um, frequent touch point with the innovation manager. I think a mistake that is often being made is that a startup then sends, or in the worst case, hires a, a key account manager who maybe just works with that startup, which, you know, you can do down the line if you work with hundreds and hundreds of startups. I think what's crucial in the beginning is really as a founder to take over that responsibility Perfect. because you got to stay close to the market. You have to understand what the corporates want and you are as well, at, like it also gives a different impression to the corporate, right? If the founder shows up in person. hundred percent. And and even further, what, what, what I, for example, had in the past, uh, there was a startup coming to me saying, okay, I, I would like to have an intro to this corporate. I was like, okay, what, why, what's in it for the corporate? Okay, decided it's worthwhile to do the introduction and as well maybe for the corporate to have the conversation. Then I did the introduction. Then we had two days of no response from the startup. The corporate already replied. And then even worse, from the startup, there was not replying the founder who talked to me was replying the sales guy mm. with like sales in the signature. And I was like, hey, this is not what we talked about. We talked about talking to them in an open way without just just selling with more like, like uh, get to know each other in the first step. And I made the introduction to you and you replied not in within two days. And then your sales guy replied with like, I can tell you what we are offering. So this is as well something I, I don't like that for the introduction, yeah, and and that could went wrong, and and especially if you're on the journey, like yeah, as you said, having the first account managers or having the first in the sales department, you should be as a founder quite quite sensitive in in who will I bring in to the conversation with uh, which framework in the end. Right. Are there any other pitfalls that you've seen a lot of founders do when it comes to maintaining slash nourishing relationships with corporates? Yeah, so apart from the pitfall with pushing too hard to to get the sales done, there is as, as well the pitfall of yeah having having too many delays in your communication at all. So really be responsive. And if it is like just a reply, yeah, busy week, <laughs> we'll, we'll come right. to you next week, it, it really helps because normally corporates sometimes have long, long time delays in their reply. And if you will push it, then you should as well be like the the positive uh, example going ahead. And I think in addition, especially when it comes to B2B sales, it's a relationship game. So really, instead of being number driven and being like, hey, I'll reach out to 500 corporates in the hope hmm. that one or another will, let's say, yeah, agree to being in touch and then not when they're forgetting completely to get in touch with that person again, mm -hmm. I think really focus on on a smaller number of people, but really building a deeper relationship with them. I think their quality goes over quality, yeah, especially in the B2B sector. And and, and one, one pitfall I would like to add is that if you have a conversation or even if you are just in, in like a first touch point so, or maybe writing, sometimes we see sometimes more often than I would like to see it, that startups are doing their thing, pitching what they are doing without having a view for the audience. Mm. So I don't know if you have it had in the past, but I had the situation like being there in, in a call where there was an introduction and then 
they pitched for the leadership team. And after like one minute, you have seen the CEO just looking around, yeah, not not being there with the attention. And then there was this one slide where there was an intention, but this slide was as well done in one minute. And this is very, very important to try to get a feeling for the audience. What is like out of the 10 points, I would like to make the one or two points that are really important for them in this conversation. And this means really to, to have a feeling within the conversation, but as well to be prepared for the next one, to cover the right points. And if you don't do it, then it would feel like a waste of time for the corporate. So this is as well a pitfall to, to just, just tell what you're doing without having a feeling what they want to, to hear out of what you can do. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you have to you have to adjust the storyline, right? Yeah. Like there's not the one storyline that go, yeah. goes with the innovation manager, that goes with the marketing head, that goes with, you know, who else. But you really have to tweak the story to that particular recipient. And, and it doesn't mean to have like pitch decks for every one, every kind of them, but to really, if you have to pitch it, to focus a little bit on on the one slide more than the other or to see, okay, the slide has no attention. I will go further saying, hey, here are the more important points for you. Absolutely. Now, summing it up. Yeah. I'm a startup founder. I want to collaborate successfully with a company. What are in three sentences the crucial aspects I should pay attention to? First of all, you should start early to build up your network in a situation where you don't have to place a specific need in a short time. Second, if you're in the conversation, you should be aware of the points that the other side would like to hear and as well, you can deliver. Mm. And third, if you're already in the collaboration, so you're into it, then you really have to be communicative and find achievements for both sides that you then can celebrate and showcase to say, hey, this is successful that we are working together. Awesome. Beautiful wrap up. Thank you, Yannis, for joining today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. See you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Digital Transformer podcast. This has been part three of our three-part mini-series on collaborative innovation together with PwC. If you enjoyed this episode, then please take a minute to subscribe, like, or share this podcast to spread the word so that I can continue bringing you the outstanding guests and conversations. If you have questions about this episode or about how you can successfully identify, build, or scale innovations, then reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me at linkedin.com in kilian Ponkarash or write me an email at kilian at hatch.studio. This episode concludes our series on collaborative innovation. In the first episode of this three-part series, we explored how startups and corporate can 10x their innovation success with collaborative innovation and dove into the different types of collaborative innovation, their pitfalls, and success factors. In the second episode, we dove into the corporate side and explored how corporates can unlock their full innovation potential by selecting the right frameworks, cooperation partners, and approaches, and overcoming often overlooked pitfalls. If you missed any of the episodes, go to your podcast player and search for the Digital Transformer podcast, Collaborative Innovation. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week.